When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. And uh, a very festive podcast today, our last podcast before Christmas. Uh, Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson join myself, Johnny Burnell. Uh, are we feeling Christmassy yet, chaps? Yeah, do you like the Christmas jumper? Yeah, I, I should point out that Steve is wearing a, a Christmas hat yeah. Uh, at the minute, sadly you yeah. can't see. Yeah, you sadly can't see. Yeah, I just have to believe us. I've got yeah. uh, comedy antlers on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 You've got your Christmas jumper on as well. So. <laughs> or is it just a jumper you wear every day? Yeah. No. I've, I've got a burgundy jumper. I thought that would make the effort. Yeah. Have you got more than one of those? No. No. Just one. I just, I just see it so often. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. Okay. So um, should we talk about some football? Can so uh, we'll, we'll get underway starting with Aston Villa uh, last weekend. Uh, a very good 2 0 victory, Steve. Yeah, it was a, a good win. Uh, started off really well, I thought. You know, uh, they've been criticised uh, in previous weeks and months for starting games slowly. I thought they started it really quickly. I thought Villa helped them. They they looked a bit uncertain defensively. I know they had a lot of changes and injuries, but they have got a big squad, so they can't really complain too much about those injuries. Uh, but they kind of helped Derby. But but take nothing away from Derby. I thought they started quickly a lot of purpose and they gave Villa real problems uh, and, and, and overall I thought you know 2-0 win really really good uh, afternoon's work mm. Chris impressed with what you saw yeah and I wasn't and, and there was a real positive feeling at the end of the game I think a lot of people had sort of pinpointed that fixture as a real um, you know a chance to real, really lay down a marker against one of their promotion rivals and, and, they, and they did just that they've come out with it with another win and um, sort of consolidated their uh, their place in the table, fourth place at the moment. Um, and it was yeah, it was a thoroughly deserved victory. I think Villa, as Steve mentioned, they they, they had to make a few changes because of injuries and, and and they struggle a bit without. They didn't really have a recognised mm. striker. Um, uh, you know they had they had plenty of the game, but but Derby kind of kept them at arm's length really. Didn't yeah, they, they did. They did. I think I think we shouldn't be overly concerned these days about uh, the opposition having. Parts of the game, uh, because I think this is the way Derby, the Derby team is, is quite comfortable uh, in letting the opposition have the ball. Because at the moment, defensively, Derby look really solid, got good shape about them. They understand their their jobs without the ball, and that's been one of the criticisms of the Derby teams of recent seasons. They've been okay with the ball, but without it, they've, they've struggled. Mm. And uh, this this team doesn't. They're as strong with it as they are without it. And uh, I thought you know they were. They were fairly comfortable second half. You know, Villa, as Chris said, had a lot of the ball. They didn't have a, a, a focal point of their attack, so that kind of hampered them a bit. But I just thought Derby were, were comfortable. And if they had to see the game out 1-0, I'm sure they would have done. But then they got a late second goal to, to put the lid on it. Mm. Just on the point of you, Chris, saying, you know, laying down the marker, we, we'd said before the game, it was a big clash with a, with a playoff rival. Um, and to, to beat them 2-0 build up that, that gap over them in the table I mean it, it really does sort of lay down that mark doesn't it yeah and I, th- I think we should point out as well that Villa were in decent form coming mm-hmm. into the game both teams were so something had to give um, but I think what, what's been impressive 
about Derby recently is that um, obviously they lost that game to Ipswich and and people start you know you lose in this day and age you lose one game and people start questioning everything don't they so they lost it they lost to Ipswich but since then they've come back really strongly three straight wins without conceding a goal Burton at home they would have. They would have expected to to win that with all due respect to Burton. Similar, similar situation, Barnsley away, but Villa at home. You know, a totally different proposition. The team that that's just come down from the Premier League, or you know, admittedly, they've had a, they've had quite a lot of changes there. But you know, a lot of money's been spent. Um, you know, a real a real uh, a real sort of eye catching result, if you like. Mm-hmm. What, what's interesting is that we, you know, Villa. Everyone looked at it and thought, well, it is a benchmark here. You know, what, where are we as a team? Well, they've had a few of them. You know, if you can go right back to the away game at Cardiff, when Cardiff were top and everyone was concerned, thinking, oh, we're we going to get hammered today and all this. Well, they went there and they drew 0 0, and you were there, Johnny, as I was. Mm-hmm. And he could have won it at the end, so it was a deserved point. Uh, they then went to Norwich, they went to Leeds. All these games were, were, were billed as real tests mm-hmm. for them. They went to Middlesbrough, yeah. went there and won 3 0. So actually, the, the Villa one, you know, the, 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 another test has come along and they've passed it. And uh, at the moment, confidence is really high. You mm. can sense it. And I, I sense, and I said this last week and I've sensed it for a little while now, I do sense a growing belief both on the pitch and off the pitch. You know, supporters have taken the time, I think, with Derby this season because the expectations were low at the start of the season. Mm. I think supporters have just been waiting to see what this Derby team is about. But I just sense there's a growing belief. But is that a feeling that you've had before at this stage of the season, or it's, is it is it a different belief to, it, to previous? It is. A, it is a feeling we've had before many times, uh, but there's always been, I think, a vulnerability about the team. There was under Steve McLaren, even on the on, on the, the run of wins that he used to put together, consecutive wins. Mm. There's always games in there where I thought I'm not quite sure how they've done that, and they've ridden the look a little bit in in that game, and and I just felt you know those teams could quite easily lurch onto a very poor run of form. I just don't get the feeling with this team. That's the case. They will lose. They'll, they'll, they'll lose games. and they'll, you know, We just don't know when those games will come. But I've just got a feeling that I, can't, I just can't see this team going on a run of defeats. You know, because they, they, there's too much experience in the team. The backbone's too strong. Carson, Keogh, you know, Baird, right back, Keogh and Davis, Huddleston, Ledley, David Nugent's experienced player. That's a very, very strong spine at this level. Mm. Just on to the, uh, you know, the two goals that were scored as well. Um, obviously, Andrew Spine and Johnny Russell. It's important that all the attackers are chipping in with goals as well, isn't it? Which, which was the case on Saturday. I think it is important because uh, we used to rely very much on Chris Martin. Mm. You know, uh, too much uh, at times because, of course, that season when he got injured and, and missed virtually the, the final two or three months of the season, that was a real blow to them. Uh, so yes, it, it, it's very important. I still like to see more goals from the wide players. You know, Tom Lawrence, I think, should have scored more by now, and I think hopefully he will score more. Andy Vyman, that was always something levelled at him. Doesn't score enough, so you know we've got to make sure he, that keeps going. Johnny Russell has, to be fair to him, has chipped in with a couple of very important goals as a substitute, which is never easy coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, really, really important that that's the case. And uh, you know, the midfielders now need to chip in with one or two as well. We spoke to Tom Wilson today about mm-hmm. his lack of goals and uh, I think it's 116 games and counting now. You know, For a midfielder who strikes the ball as beautifully as him, you know, he should score a goal by now. So 
you know, him and Joe Ledley have scored goals early in his career, of course he plays a slightly different role now, you still need a goal or two from, from one of those. And I think a, w- a word on the assists as well, because um, you know, Vid- we've talked a lot about Vidra this season yeah. for his goal scoring, he very unselfishly laid it on after yeah. an awful error by uh, Glenn Whelan, who, who just didn't see Vidra and, and, and tried to uh, pass the ball back to his goalkeeper. Vidra was, was, was coming back from an offside position, ball goes straight to him. Thank you, very, thank you very much. An early, an early Christmas Chris, gift. Chris actually said to me in the press release, is it too early to talk about Christmas <laughs> to, gifts? To put that in it's the never too early, is it? It had to go in, it had to go in. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I mean Vidra, the, with the form that he's in, he could have easily gone for goal, uh, but he's, he's, he's chosen to square it and, um, and uh, Byman was in there mm. to finish it off. And then, of course, on the second goal, um, a, a third assist of the season, I, I believe, for, for Captain Richard Keogh, who... Um, who capped off a great performance by uh, by uh, inter- you know winning possession um, in the in the dying moments and um, then flicking a defence splitting pass with the outside of his right foot um, to pick out the run of Johnny Russell um, to to uh, make it two 0 Thanks very much. Well, uh, we'll come on to Richard Kerr in a minute, but I do just want to go back to the Andreas Feynman goal, and I want to know where you two stand on this because obviously this is something which goes on so throughout football. When a player scores against his former club, as Vyman did against Villa on Saturday, and they don't celebrate, what are your thoughts? I'd like to know when this came in, actually. You know, because it seems a, a, another trend, doesn't it? has been for a while where they don't... Uh, you're going to go on your, your yeah, I, celebration. I, I could right? do, yeah. Well, I, I, I'd what, love to know when it started. Well, I was going to make the point that actually celebrations in general used to be quite reserved yeah. going back yes. a few years. So maybe people wouldn't have necessarily noticed exactly. if they were scoring against a former club, but now that they're more animated it, 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 in general, that, that people more often than not will put their hands up almost apologetically. Yeah, and I think, well, hang on, why are you apologising? Well, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, the fans have paid their money to go and watch you play and score mm-hmm. goals. They want to see, they want to be entertained. They want to see players celebrating. But then on the other on the other side of that, players get told off for over celebrating and. Um, so I mean, I mean, from a personal point of view, I think it's it's an emotional thing, isn't it? And a, and a celebration should happen kind of naturally. Mm. Um, and if you've if you've specifically thought, well, I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's it's the it's the player's decision, isn't it? And I, I can understand it from a certain point of view because he's obviously thinking, well, I had a good relationship with the Villa fans. I don't want to. I don't want them thinking badly of me because I go absolutely mm. mental when I score when I score a goal. But at the same time, I think. I think you do risk looking a bit daft in the end because I think with Vyman he sort of he didn't really celebrate, but then of course all his teammates yeah, jump on top yeah. of him, and and then he sort of does celebrate, you know. So it's a, it's a bit of a strange one. Isn't it? Yeah. I think I think I understand why they don't. I, I get all that, but but you know they are professional footballers. Mm. You know they they. Are paid by the clubs they pay for, they play for, and yeah. and, yeah. and for those to score goals for those supporters, that's their job. That's we most got to remember that that's their job, you know. And and I think they should celebrate. Well, I know when you when know, you've written, when you've written a particularly good article, you'll you'll get out your seat yes. and go and go racing around the office yeah, twice a year. Yeah. But won't bring up a previous employer, you know. No, <laughs> no. Well, no, that, you know, yeah, won't send, send it to them in the post and say. <laughs> Look at this great article, uh, but no, I, I think they should celebrate. I, I do, and I understand you know the other fans might get upset by that, but 
you know, it takes actually a lot of thought to do that to not sell. But that's what I mean because your natural yeah, re- reaction yeah, must be is. to sort of take you off. Know, but I, I always, you know, criticise players for having given too much thought to to uh, celebration anyway. You know, with, with the celebrations, uh, and we, we'll kind of leave it at that. Because, <laughs> You know, a good, a good old handshake would, would be enough, surely. Uh, but uh, no, I, I would have no problem with him celebrating as long as he doesn't score against mine. Well, no, this is what I was going to say. That's exactly the point I was going to make. If it was, yeah, it, it, you, I suppose it, you have to you have to look at it from the point yeah. of view of, of the opposition fans. Yeah. If it was against your team, I don't think I don't think I, I wouldn't. Mm. You know, you might in the heat of the moment you might think, oh, hang on. Yeah. If you ran around the pitch, took your shirt off, twirling it round in the air, and all that type of thing, then of course. Yeah. I just think there's a line, isn't it? If he comes up and goes to the away fans, that's, very, that's, a, that's a very, very different thing. But, but just to, to run away, yeah, just he was nowhere near the Villa fans, yeah. and just to run away with your arms in the air and all that type of thing. When all the players jumped on him, he was probably screaming underneath. What about that then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. So uh, no, I, I would. I, I, I think and I say he did sort of, he did sort of half celebrate. It's kind of he put his arm up, but didn't he? You know, and then sort of yeah. It'd be very interesting if that been like in a playoff final. Yeah, that's, that's you know, a winning goal in yeah, a playoff yeah. final. I think what do you do then? Well, and, and you know, that comes a bit different. That's a, a realistic possibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate. But, um, but keep your shirt off. Lovely <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Right, so we mentioned Richard Keogh, and now we're going to come on to discuss him because he was imperious again, wasn't he, on Saturday? That was the word Gary Wright used, yeah. That's it. Check out spell it. Actually, it's not a word I've written very often. Isn't that every other word, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. But 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 he was. I mean, I, I don't want to say I told you so, but 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 I told you so. I I've backed Richard Keel for a long time, and those who've read articles I've written will know that. I thought the criticism he he's had since the playoff final in 2014 has been overly harsh. Uh, and it just didn't match up with the with the with the level of his performances. You know, a, a fan asked me a question this week in in the web chat and said, "Is this the best form which has been been in for most consistently been in for Derby?" And and I think it is. But I tell you what, he's been very very consistent in the past. You don't win two Player of the Year awards or Player of the Year awards twice without being consistent. So actually, ninety odd percent of his performances for Derby have been very very good. Mm. So that the criticism was just over the top. It just wasn't warranted. Uh, of course, he'll make mistakes. I keep saying this. He will make mistakes. All players make mistakes. Uh, and the reason I think he, he has made mistakes in the past is twofold. One, he puts himself on the line all the time. He always goes for balls. He always goes for chances. He always wants to bring the ball out. You know, so that if you put yourself on, if you don't put yourself on the line in life in general, you make less less mistakes. Mm-hmm. If you do put yourself on the line, you're likely to make more mistakes. And the second one is. I, I felt for a while that he was overcompensating for uh, the shape of the team and also some of the personnel maybe that were around him in the team. I think the experience of, of uh, Curtis Davis has helped him massively. I think the experience of Chris Baird at right back has also been a huge help. I think the addition of Joe Ledley and Tom Wilson in midfield has been a huge help. I think Richard now can concentrate fully on, on, on what he does and uh, He's doing it really well, and, and, and in the march, as you know, we got nine out of ten uh, from us for, for that performance. What would he have had to have done to have got a ten score as well? Well, if he'd have scored as well, he probably would have done, yeah, he wouldn't have been far off, yeah. 
I'm a bit loath to give tens. Because uh, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go because what <laughs> if the same thing? Surely, if that is the pinnacle of his yeah, I just, he's got, yeah. there is nowhere to go. I think it's the first time I've given the nine. I might it's have to check that. It may well be the first time I've given the nine. And he, he, he was just uh, everything he did. We, we actually, strangely, you know, we, we actually spoke about it after about quarter and I. Yeah. Remember, we were watching he'd the game. Made, he'd already made three or four important. Yeah. Box or clearances, yeah. hadn't he? and that was noticeable straight away. Mm. But he just he just picked it up from there, and he, he was having shots at goal. He, he cleared one off the line. Off the line. I mean, if you, if you watch that again as well, this he is the, this yeah. is the thing you need credit for. His his reaction, he was nowhere near the ball, but his reaction to to sniff out danger was to drop back onto the line, and and it's a good job he did because who knows what would happened to to the result. If, that would have made it one all if they'd have equalised because Villa were on top at the time yeah. makes it one all could change the game completely so that was fantastic by him and then of course as Chris said earlier you know he picks the ball up late in the game he drives forward and Zin Zin Zidane like he just he just splits the defence with this wonderful he loves the rolling run forward doesn't he he loves it and the fans love it as well yeah, yeah that's the other thing and actually Gary Rower encourages him to do it mm-hmm. you know and that's why as I say he puts himself on the on the line an awful lot. So, and when you do that, you're likely to make mistakes. But at the moment, touch wood, he's 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 cut out a lot of the errors. But maybe a part of that, as I say, is because I think the team shape in general is more solid around. And him. I think he, he's actually said that himself, hasn't he? When we sp- we spoke to him, I think just before, yeah, in the build up to the Villa yeah. game, actually, yeah. and um, uh, and he he admitted that had been a massive help to him. Um, and obviously, when you've got People like Joe Ledley and Tom Huddleston in the in those midfield positions, then that allows him to go to get forward a bit a, a bit more. Which because I think he's always done that, but particularly so this season as well. Um, on social media, so one of the, the quite nice things to see is is that some people who have sort of held their hands up and, and in the past, you know, they've said, oh, "I'm not been his biggest mm. fan," but actually they've admitted now. To almost being wrong and saying, "Yeah, credit where credit's due," he, he deserves praise, a, which, which is good to see. I mean, yeah, I, I find it strange. I agree with Steve in in that I think he's been, one, you know, over the years he's been one of Derby's most consistent performers. Yeah. As the fact that he's been voted Player of the Year twice shows, and that's voted for by the fans, by the way. Mm. Um, and there, you know, there've been plenty of other people in the team that could have got more stick or an equal amount of stick but for whatever reason they haven't done and uh, he seems to have sort of you know borne the brunt of it mm-hmm. to some extent and and it's it's kind of a bit baffling to me but but I guess you know people you know people are to- you know absolutely entitled to their opinion it's interesting we were going with myself and Chris were talking uh, earlier this week about this he, he's won player of the year twice as I say if he were to win it three times and I think only no. four. I think only four players have won it yeah, twice. I don't think anyone's won it. No three one's times, ever won it. it three times. Imagine if he wins it three times. When you look back in history, and you see that, yeah. you will think he would be one of Derby's all-time greats on yeah. that alone. When actually he's a player who has split opinion yeah. for yeah. most of the time he's been here. It's it's, it's incredible, really. Yeah. And it would be sad to sort of think, but probably true that if you ask those fans about him yeah. on in the in the future, they yeah. would probably recall. Yeah, the, the playoff final. Yeah, they would. Yeah, rather yeah. than you know, yeah. performances. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's it is an odd one, uh, but I'm I'm delighted for him because I know uh, he spoke about this before to us. I know some of that criticism. Uh, mm. 
you know, players are aware of that, yeah. that criticism. Well, he he alludes he alludes yeah. to that. We don't tend no. to bring it up no. out of nowhere. It's often it's often him talking yeah. about proving his doubters wrong, proving his critics wrong, and how he likes to do that and how he's had to do that over the years. It is interesting, obviously, because you know you, you don't see it from a player's point of view, do you? No. We just sort of see all the stuff going on around social media, and also we not it's not just the players, but those close to him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sure. probably affects them even worse, actually. And I should also point out that he is cultivating quite an impressive beard at the so moment. So is Tom Huddleston, by the way. I was going to ask him about that this morning when I saw I, Tom. I think Richard Keogh is in danger of going to Joe Ledley <laughs> proportions. Yes. He looks like he's got the capabilities. <laughs> you know, those those Irish roots, he's got a bit of a sort of oh, bit of a uh, ginger tinge to yeah. it. You I know? mean it was a, it was it was a game of beards, really, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, against Villa. Was that T V show? Yeah, it could be a game of beards. Yes. Very yeah. impressive beard. And then <laughs> of course Joe. Yeah. Richard's catching up and Tom, as I say, is uh, is uh, is making a giving great a effort, you know. Yeah. So uh, I, feel like I think if people you know, Scott, oh Scott, as before. Yeah. I think he probably grows that in like a day. Well, yes, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I think uh, <laughs> I think the old Gillette Mac Three could be on the uh, the Christmas present list. Other ways is all right. Yeah, unless you want sponsors. You're trying to get <laughs> you're trying to get some sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, let's move on to to Millwall then on on Saturday final game before Christmas. Uh, and this is, no disrespect to Millwall, probably one that falls into the same category as QPR, Burton and Ipswich. We've had a lot of them, haven't we, recently? Mm. You know, we really have, apart from Villa, you know, you could say, as you say, QPR, Ipswich, Burton, uh, and now Millwall. It was interesting to, to speak to Gary Wright about Millwall, and they've got this bizarre record, haven't they? We, we were talking about it earlier, where they, they haven't won the away game all season. Played eleven and won one. The, the third bottom, I think, of the away table, uh, and yet they've only conceded ten goals in eleven away games, and only Wolves, the leaders, have conceded fewer on the road. How quite, you know, and as you said, it, it, it points to a very tight yeah. game, a yeah, nil-nil yeah. or one-nil. Yeah. It's interesting because I was chatting to um, uh, someone who covers Millwall, who's watched all their games, and, and he he basically said that. You know that they've been unlucky not to have won more games, particularly away from home. I think, I think their last away game they went to they went to Villa yeah. and they drew nil nil. And yeah. I, I saw the highlights. Millwall should have yeah. should have won, but but it's backed up by looking at the stats. I think Millwall have had they've had a load more shots than Derby if you look at the stats this season, but haven't scored as many goals. It's just been that kind of that killer mm. instinct the, um, you know being able to convert your chances I think but you never know when that might suddenly click well, and fall I mean, into the, place for them the, the, the two oh, lads yeah. up front I, yeah, the two lads up front I do like Morrison obviously yeah. is an experienced uh, campaigner he's a very tough competitor mm. but lad Gregory yeah. he's played well against Derby in, in the past mm. I think I've always quite liked him so we just hope that that kind of ratio, as you say, doesn't change. When well, I don't. They, when they play I don't attempt fate, but um, Pat Morrison apparently hasn't scored this season yet, and yet he has. Uh, he he has been a key. He has. A bit, he's been a key yeah. player yeah. player in the team yeah. uh, in terms of assists and all the other work that he does, which you, you've yeah. alluded to. Yeah. But I mean, five goals scored away from home. Obviously, we've said a very good defensive record away, but you know, to have only scored five goals in eleven games. Well, again, it's it's one of these games where Derby have to score the first goal. Yeah. Because otherwise you get yourself in a bit of a pickle, don't you? Mm. And and the earlier they can score it, 
the more likely it is that the, the game's going to change somewhere because Millwall will have to do something different. Although Gary Hart suggested that he didn't expect them to come here and the current trendy term is part of the bus, isn't it? But he didn't expect them to come here and sit deep. Uh, if you come on a bus, you've got to park it at some point, haven't you? Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to be I'm driving it around the ground. I've never been to a ground yet where the player's entrance is big enough for a bus to drive through anyway to get to Until the pitch. pitch yeah. so, but anyway, that's by the by. It's a very trendy term, isn't it? Uh, but you know, he didn't. He, yeah, we are. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's the modern football. Uh, but uh, no, he's not expecting them to to sit deep. Although I don't know, I think they'll be they'll 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 play from a very solid base, which which you would, wouldn't you? It's just and their that, record suggests. That. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's just how often you can break from that base. I mean, mm-hmm. Burton found it very difficult to do that for obvious reasons. Uh, Ipswich got the early goal, and uh, QPR didn't really want to do that. And uh, and then couldn't do it once they fell a goal behind. So it's very important, I think. Again, this first goal in the home games because it does change things. Yeah, you mentioned the, the Villa game, Chris. Millwall drawing nil nil away uh, to Aston Villa. But you know, in recent weeks they've also beaten Middlesbrough and Sheffield yeah. United. And I, I know that their games at home and it's it's a different kettle of fish at home and away. But they've shown that they can beat the teams that are aiming for promotion yeah. in the championship. Yeah, I was going to me- I was going to mention that. I mean, I think as you say being at home it's a totally mm. different kettle of fish especially you know when you go down to to the den um it can be quite an imposing atmosphere there as I'm sure obviously these teams have found out. Um so I I think they'll come here pretty high on confidence having won having beaten those two teams that you mentioned and thinking well we should have beaten Villa mm. as well. But equally of course you know they're going to come up against a team um, full of confidence in the Rams, who, as we've talked about, you know won three in three in a row without conceding, five won five out of six, yeah. um, nine they've won nine out of twelve and only lost twice in fifteen right. games. I mean that they're pretty impressive stats at the moment. So mm. I don't think there'll be too many teams who, who will come to Pride Park yeah. and win. And again, we're just talking about goals against. You know they haven't conceded from open play since. Uh, the fourth goal winner, yeah. Reading's fourth yeah. goal. It's yeah. a long time, yeah. That's a, that's a really, really yeah. impressive record. And that's another that's another interesting point because we've talked a lot, haven't we, about that that defeat of Bristol City and how it was a bit of a turning mm-hmm. point in how Derby approached things away from home. And since then, they haven't lost away from home. Yeah. And then you've got that they obviously conceded four against <laughs> Reading. Yeah. And there's obviously been a reaction to Again. that as well. Yeah. Which, I think that's, the key, and that's what I was saying earlier about this team. That's why I've got this slightly different feel this time but about if they it. Do lose, because if they do lose, they've proven yeah, already they can do that, that they can do something about it. And yeah. that's, I think, a big part of that is, is Gary Rowett. I think a big part of it is his management. Yeah, and I think that you know that was sort of evidently following the Ipswich game as yes. well. You know, like last season they went on that run where yep. they had four games against lower teams yep. and picked up two points yes. or something. So. This season, when they had it against Ipswich and then Burton, it would have been very easy for that Ipswich defeat to sort of yeah. lead them to a point. This here team has got more about it mm. this season. It's got it's got the, the ingredients you need to get out of this division. Whether they can do it or not, we'll have to see. But it has got the ingredients, many of the ingredients that you need. Mm. Let's look at the the expected Derby County team then ahead of the Millwall game. Tom Lawrence missed the the win over Villa. Uh, through injury, what do we know is the latest on him? Is he, is he well, Gary Out said he, he he trained Thursday, and uh, he's due to train again when, 
before we and after we spoke to Gary Rowett. So if he's if he gets through that session, uh, he'll be in the eighteen. I think Gary said. Yeah. Uh, Andy Vyman's fit also by looks fit. So it's what you do. I think I think with Tom Lawrence, given the nature of the injury and its ligaments, it was it was ankle ligaments. I think Andy Vyman's was a knock. Was uh, uh, Tom's was ligaments. I just wonder whether they'll if he is in the eighteen, we'll see him on the bench. Uh, because you've got to be careful if it suddenly if if, if suddenly tweaks them again or it's not quite right he's going to be out for longer you know and there's a lot of games coming up so I would personally I would I would have him on the bench uh, from the start of the game I think pati- particularly is coming off the back of the win against Villa as well yeah. there's no there's no mad need to, to I thought Bradley Johnson around. played well against Villa I was going to say I was going to say Bradley Johnson yeah. came in yeah. it, Gary Rout said he wanted that kind of physicality yeah um, in the side, whether he whether he goes with that again, or or I suppose Johnny Russell is another option, Johnny isn't he? Is another option. Um, yeah. But but I, I don't particularly see any see much of a reason I, to change. No, I don't either. I think uh, I, I know Gary talks a lot about utilising the squad and big squad and all this type of thing. But I I'm sure part of him is is of that thinking that if if, if, it's, if it's you know if we've done well in one game, mm. then why not go again? I think I, I'm, I'm a great believer in dealing with the next game. You know, Gary Wright said actually that if you think too far ahead, you tie yourself in knots. So why bother? Mm. Deal with the next game. You know, if someone picks up an injury, then deal with the game after. You know, simple as that, really, as far as I can see. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask about uh, Johnson or, or Russell. Um, has Johnny Russell done enough to get a start? Obviously, he's not for me. No, no, not, not yeah, score. not for me. He scored. He scored important goals from the bench. Mm. Uh, but Andy Vyman's certainly done enough to stay in the team. Yeah. And I just think Bradley Johnson offers, as Chris says, that physicality which you know sometimes you need. You just need it sometimes. And I'm wondering against Millwall whether they'll need that as well. I, I was impressed with Bradley. I thought I thought he had a decent yeah. game. So uh, I'd say I, w- I would stick. Okay. And you were both at the, the press conference Friday morning. Any other sort of interesting... Lines or, or anything come from it? Well, no, I mean, it's this time of year we always ask the uh, the standard questions. You know, it's almost like you know you, you open the top drawer and it's like <laughs> you know festive program questions. Uh, one hectic period of uh, of, uh, of, of fixtures, and, and that's what it is. You know, I think it's four games in ten days. Uh, you know, Millwall at home, then they're away at Hall, away at Ipswich, and then at home to Sheffield United. Some nice trips over Christmas for you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, lovely. Uh, uh, and then to Manchester United, we mentioned that. Oh yeah, we did Lynn last podcast, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. On a Friday night. Cheers. Uh, but no, I think I think four games in ten days. You know, they have to. It's the same all the time. Guy, I thought made a really good point where he said we always place emphasis on the next kind of batch of fixtures and challenges. We do it all the time. Start of the season, after two months, Christmas, Easter. Mm. After January, end of the season, business end of the season, we're full of them, aren't we? We're full of those cliches, and actually, all it is is you deal with the next game because yeah. that's all you can do. You know, that's all you can do, and I think I think Derby are doing that really well. Mm. It was it was interesting as well to hear from Tom Huddleston as well. Um, so we haven't had a chance to to catch up with him for a while, um, and he he obviously rejoined Derby in the summer from Hull. Um, he's he's coming for a little bit of criticism at times as well from the fans. Um, some of them, you know, um, saying he should be dropped from the team. He 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 was 
dropped or, or, or came out of the team yeah, for yes. one game yes. when George Thorne played, but then but was back then, in the team. And and he's actually he's actually probably been in his best form of the season um, of late. Um, when he spoke to us, he he sort of admitted it had been a bit up and down since he came back, but he was but he also mm-hmm. said that um, he felt that was because he he was sort of carrying a couple of um, of niggling injuries that he couldn't quite shake off, and but he was still needed to play in the team because at the time the options were a bit more limited than they are now because I think it was probably before Joe Ledley came in yeah. and George Thorne wasn't ready yeah. um, so they needed him to play and he kind of played through that and, and, and he admitted that his form probably suffered as a result so hopefully he's saying he's kind of pain free now and feeling a lot better so hopefully we'll we'll yeah. see the best of him now because of course you know Craig Bryson Butterfield went out, yeah. So two more course, yeah. midfielders, central Kiffin midfielders. Kifton Bell didn't come in. So yeah. sometimes we just got to be a bit careful mm. when we're watching players and that because we don't always understand or know the full story behind behind form. And uh, someone like Tom Huddleston, big lad, you know, uh, if he's got a niggling injury that, that that he could feel or sense during games and that. Anyone who's ever played the game, any level, will know that that can't, that's not easy, and certainly at the level that these fellows are playing at, that that can't be easy for him. Uh, so you know, but as, as Chris said, the last two games, last two performances, I think have been very good. Mm. Excellent. Right now, because it is our final podcast of, of the year of 2017, I've got um, a bit of a quiz for the pair of you. Oh, I thought we were getting Christmas presents. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. No. Um, I've got yeah, a bit of a quiz for you. Look, looking back at, at some of the uh, events and uh, things over the past 12 months, so there's... How many questions does that one? I thought it was the first question. So. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, there's eight, there's eight questions. Eight questions, yeah. So, and then you're going to do it together or, or individually? Can we do it... We, we're going to do it as a team, <laughs> kind of team telegraph. Based on my favourite programme, University Challenge. Okay. Yes, this is, yeah. Okay. Is that after I'm a Celebrity or, or uh, is it... Even? Actually, I think University Challenge has overtaken that. Because I got nine right in one week, and I, since then... Were they all football questions? Three of them were. <laughs> Do you know what? Three I, of them I were. think on my first day here, that was the first thing that I remember you telling really? me. Really? <laughs> I'm very proud no, of that. You never look it down. I'm very proud of that. So we'll do it on that. So, 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 we're putting so, our reputations yeah. on the line yeah. here so, now, so aren't we? In Team Telegraph, we have Watson <laughs> reading Derby County, and we have Nicholson reading Derby County uh, in the 50s. Right, so you need, so it needs to be Buzz. In the, the 50s? In the 50s, yes. Right. Towards well, the end of my career. Well, there's, there's, some, there's some that are uh, easy. Right. You shouldn't even wish to stop looking at the pad as well. I can see have you got the answers down there? Yeah, yeah. I thought that. <laughs> right, okay. Right. So, so, yeah, we'll, so we'll start off with, uh, with an easy one. Okay. Have, we got, have we got a buzzer? <laughs> Do we have to make the noise? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. You I call out our names when, right. when we answer. <laughs> oh, go on. No, right, okay. okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So, who was Gary Rout's first signing as manager? I know this one. Yeah, I know this one. Are we going to confirm? You can talk yeah. it through, you can yes. then explain. Well, I hope I've got it right. <laughs> it was Curtis Davis, wasn't it? Correct, it was yes. Curtis Davis. <laughs> oh, thank goodness point, for that. Point for Watson, yeah. Uh, That's a point for well, I knew that answer <laughs> as well. On, we're a team. We're, we're a team. team remember? His, uh, didn't his brother drop a, a bit of a clanger on Twitter? Oh, about that? Yeah, it was a. F- he kind of suggested that. Uh, pointed it about Derby, wasn't it? Yeah, pointed the fact that Curtis was going to join the Rams. 
Yeah, so I vaguely like remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah surely before yeah. it was. Which is a nice tip off for us. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Okay, next one. How many goals have Derby hit past Nottingham Forest in the past 12 months? Two this season. Two this season. Two right in Rowett's first yeah, game. That was a 2 2 at the City Grounds. Uh, and then the home game last season was 3 0. Did that come this year? They played them twice. No, last the home yeah. game last season. Yeah, but we're talking about January. Are we talking yeah, about 2017? Yeah. So yeah. what I'm saying is, yes. when was that? When was Must that have been game? Before Christmas. Are you I'm, sure? I'm not sure. Would they have played them twice? I think. Did they not play in January and March, or was it December and March? This is where it gets tricky. <laughs> so we. So well, we're saying it's either four or well, seven. Well, you got okay. If we think about who was the manager. Yeah. It in, was McLaren. McLaren was the manager yeah. when they won. 3-0 so but McLaren had a, a January where we were at Leeds and we lost and and then I can't remember I think have they only played them twice and if they've only played them twice well, before then it's four it. goals it is four goals <laughs> yeah, they, they, played, they played them in December and won yeah well, we talk, I think we talked that through we talked yeah, that through well, that's a new versus challenge that's yeah. what they do isn't it so who scored the four goals Oh, oh yeah, I didn't yeah. realise that was part of yeah. it. Well, no, I've just added that on. Nugent and Vidra <laughs> yeah. at the City Ground, yeah. and the same two. The same two, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah, yeah. two each. Yeah. Did we get another point for that? No, 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 no. That was that was bonus round. Good conferring that, though, wasn't it? it was, that was, we got you, you worked that out. We well. got there. Well, Axman the would have been very, very impressed. <laughs> we got there in the end. Uh, who did this season's leading scorer, Mate Vidra, score his first goal this season against? In the league, or no, it was just in in total. First goal against anyone. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Was it Preston? Yeah, Preston, penalty. Penalty. Correct, yes. You you were thinking about Grimsby, weren't you? I was, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, was, was it was delayed, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it came yeah, after yeah. that, yeah. Because okay. normally your first League Cup game comes yeah, it does, yeah. after yeah, the yeah. first League Cup game. With the first League Cup game. Yeah, yeah. Highlights of the highlights of the season. Well, I'm yeah. going to ask you for your, your oh, high yeah. point and low point. Actually, so I think that could be it. Derby County have had two managers over the past twelve months, but which game was Steve McLaren's last? Yeah, I think you. I, yeah, I was reading about this yeah, just was, the other yeah. day. Still going through your um, review I, of the year. So actually, Steve was very good in his final press conference after this game. I thought when I look back at the stuff that I, I wrote and. and Questions he answered from me and others. I thought he was really good, really good. Mm. You know, I thought he, he fronted quite a few things up. And do you think he knew at the time? I don't know. It was, he, he, he kind of, he really kind of opened up and kind of said, you know, we, we were just bullied. We were just not strong yeah. enough. We, you know, they're miles better than us. Just the yeah. type of things I wasn't sure he was going to say and didn't normally say after games. Whether he did or not, no, I, I, I'm not sure. But I thought he, he handled it. Uh, I thought he handled the press so we, really well. So we're going to pass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brian, Brian, Brian away, yeah. three yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm yeah, going yeah. to score three and, and, and the strange thing about that was, of course, they messed up in the previous game at home to Preston. Yeah, they should have won. They were winning and should have won and they scored in the... 94th minute or something equalised and you wonder mm. you know had they won that game you could have you, you could have had the cushion of the yeah. Brighton game really yeah. but mm. 
It's just as a side note, it's interesting what you said. Ruby McLaren said that the team were, were bullied, and it mm. leads back to one of your earlier points. You can't really see this Derby County team no. being bullied. No, the, the, they're physically stronger, mm. both mentally as well, stronger. And I think that's that's crucial in this division. You've got to be mentally strong. And mm. when I talk about some of those characters, we talk about the way Richards has handled things. Mm. Richard Keogh, you talk about Curtis Davis, Chris Baird, Ledley, Scott Carson. Yeah, strong, strong characters. Mm. Mm. Okay, next question. Uh, Matteo Vidra scored a hat-trick against Borough in November, but who was the last Derby County player to hit three in the league? We had this conversation, We had this we? conversation. Have you and been reading these questions? No, 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 no. no, no, no. At, middle, at, at Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, when he, when, when he, when he, when he went in, he said who yeah. was the last one. And, and, it's, and it's more recent it's, than, than yeah, thought. Yeah, it is. David Nugent against Fulham, Fulham last yeah. season. Yeah. Correct. Because it's funny, because we, I mean, we went for so oh, many yeah, years... Yeah. When we had the stat was Paul Simpson, Paul Simpson yeah. in ninety uh, six, six, yeah, and that was until until Craig Bryson scored a hat trick against Millwall, funnily yeah, enough, yeah. Um, in two thousand thirteen, mm. and we had that stat. We must have wheeled out that yeah. stat. Yeah. Sorry, that was that was league hat trick because yeah. there had been a, there had yeah. been a couple uh, in the cup. Uh, in the in the intervening years, but since then there's been quite a few. Yeah, yeah. There, so actually. our natural reaction is to think it's longer ago than yeah. it actually is. But since, yeah. since I mean, Bryson scored t- two hat tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Chris yeah. Martin got one. Chris Tom Ince got one, Tom didn't Ince he? Got one in Bristol City. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm, I may have m- missed mm. one or two yeah. out, but um, but yeah. So the score against Fulham, four two. Scorer. I don't know that one. Oh. I don't think the other scorer for Derby on that night. Wasn't an own goal. An own goal, no. It wasn't Vidra. He played with Vidra. Played that night, didn't he? But I don't. I'm trying to think of the goals. I'm struggling with that one. He was relieved to score at the time. Is it Johnny? Yeah, Johnny. Was that his first goal? Maybe it was his first goal of the season. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember the goals. Yeah, I bet he can. Okay. (laughs) Okay, next one. Curtis Davis joined Derby County from Hull in June, but who did he play for before the Tigers? What's your face saying there? Uh, <laughs> my face is saying, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I was just suddenly thinking that. Was, was it Birmingham or Villa? I'm not, I'm not, neither of those are my final answer. I always get the two the wrong way around. Um... At a push, I think I'd say Villa. Go on, I agree with you. Only if you write Birmingham. Birmingham, is it? Yeah. Well, as I said, I always get get them the wrong way round. Yeah, so. One wrong. Right. I thought the questions were about this season. (laughs) This year. This year. Well, yeah. Well, that's got to do with Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. That's a poor question, by the way. (laughs) How do you not know that if you got one wrong? That's a poor question. It's about 2017. Okay, well, the answer to this one isn't about 2017. Oh, great. Another poor question. Go on. So, Gary Rapp was appointed manager. Which school did he go to? God, how far back are we going on these questions? In March. And the question is how many games did he play for Derby County? Jeez. Now, I've got the actual. We've got to get multiple choice for that one, surely. I'll give you to the. I'll, I'll give you to the closest ten. Okay. You know what I was going to say off the top of my head? Go on. One hundred and thirty-two. I haven't got a clue. 
clue. I haven't got a clue. I'll go with that. Oh no, no. I, all right, I'll go. Should I just go for a slightly different one? Yeah. Then we, then we can get them all. <laughs> I don't know why that figure came to my head. I know it's over a hundred, isn't it? I'm going. It is, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. for a hundred and twenty-one. 114. 14, yeah. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah. You have half a point for that. Yeah, I should think so because another question. Well, hang on, you don't get any questions. <laughs> it's a, that's another question. That's a 1996 question. Okay, right. You well, said we'll... the question's about 2017. This, this is about 2017. This is the worst quiz I've ever been involved in. <laughs> it's not a patch on university <laughs> charge. Go on. Right, okay, so this is the final question. Thankfully. <laughs> Who, can I just say, 1946. I didn't, I, I didn't write these questions, actually. It's all about having dignity Jolt, and defeat, isn't it? Athletic, 4-1 Wembley, 1946. How far um, back are we going? Then your frustration to Kez for this. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> Who was the first player to leave Derby County this summer? To leave? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Abdul? Are we, are, we, are we counting him? Is it Will Hughes? Did he... Well, hang on. I don't know. Oh, books in the book. Is that not cheating? Well, actually... Actually... <laughs> actually, you know what? Do you know what? It was on the same day as well. Was it? I think it was, yeah. So you've, was. you've messed up the question. Again. Yeah. It wasn't the right question. And I actually double checked this one and it wasn't on the set. It wasn't on the set. I think, no, I was only saying that if we got it wrong. I think, I, I think, I think it was Abdul. Yeah. Abdul Kamara. Where, where did he go? Yeah. I can't pronounce it. Uh, Gijon. Is it Gijon? Gijon. Gijon. Well, how do you pronounce it? It's spelled G U I N G A M P. Yeah. There you go. So. I think I think we've done alright there because well, there were questions I thought the questions the last few you really struggled Johnny six, could someone argue that six and a half out of eight yeah I thought could someone argue that like <laughs> Alfie Santos was was released before Abdul Kamara or did he count as under, under, under 23 player mm. ok fair enough let me have a look at my list again fair enough oh, there you he's not on your list is he no no, I think that's fair. That's think, fair. Yeah, that's no, fair. not about effort. Not about effort. I think that's fair. I think you. I think you've done us a little bit uh, because we were meant to be about two thousand seventy. I think we've got hundred percent on two thousand seventy. As I say, blame cares anyway. Yes. Uh, what, so while we're talking about two thousand seventeen, then just to sort of round things off. It's been another eventful year uh, at Derby County, to say the least. So I'm going to ask for your your high points and low points. Of the year, who wants to go first? So our memories are being tested again. I think we've just proved that we can't rely on our uh, memories, but we'll give it a go. I think, I think before Gary Out came in in the March, I think January was a bitter disappointment. I thought, I thought yeah. uh, if, if we remember, they won at West Brom in the cup, but it always felt a bit of a false game to me that one yeah. in a strange way, and they went to Leeds straight after that. Picked the wrong team, never looked right. The team lineup from before kickoff, and I actually wrote about it before kickoff. It didn't have the, the right feel to it, and they lost that game. And then they had a poor January, and and they just they just slipped away again from a really good position, mm. really good position. Uh, they had that run of home games against Cardiff, Bristol City, and Burton. Those types of games we were talking about earlier, where on paper you think they should get some points, a, a good collection of points. And they struggled 3-0 at home to Bristol City at half-time. Mm. Down, 3-0 down. 
conceded a last gas penalty against Cardiff, another mad game, 4-3. Mm-hmm. You know, 3-3, was it Bristol City? 4-3. Cardiff, I don't like those games. You won't win promotion playing like that mm-hmm. and conceding that many goals. And then Burton came and got a really deserved draw, really made it tough for Derby. And the whole thing just fell apart yeah, towards the end. And we, mentioned, we mentioned the Brighton one as well. I mean, there yeah. was a feel after that one. Yeah. Although, you know, Brighton were a very good team yeah. who, of course, went on to win promotion. Yeah. But there was a feeling after that of, you know, I mean, Derby were obviously, they were expected to be challenging yeah. teams like Brighton and, and that really kind of showed that there was a bit of a, a bit of a gulf there yeah. at that particular time. I think time. just the disappointment of the way it fell away again. It wasn't the first time that this happened to them. Yeah. They just fell away and, and that's always bitterly disappointing. If we, I mean, obviously, to try and balance it out, if we're talking about ups and downs, you mentioned the West Brom mm. win. That was a very good result and actually I think it's one the fans will... Oh yeah, quite two great goals as well. Because they way. had a, they had a load of fans oh, yeah. behind yeah. the goal. Yeah. Both goals went in at that end, and there was a, and, and there was a real you know brilliant goals, and, yeah. and there was a really good um, good atmosphere, wasn't yeah. there? And so two, two and great they goals. Beat, Bente, and they need, Darren Benton and Thomas, Thomas really they, good goals. And then they nearly beat Leicester in the in the next yeah, round. Yeah, that course, game the two two was the two two was a very good game. Yeah. Uh, a few minutes away from beating them. And then yeah, and then went to to the Walker Stadium because of King Power, King Power, sorry, and. Steve had to. Steve McLaren felt he had to pick, make wholesale changes uh, again because of the pressure I think that had been put on mm. from the league yeah. uh, form, and uh, he, he made obviously he made too many for, for Derby to, to to get through. Uh, but again, at the end of January, you know they 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 come back with a, th- a good three 0 win at Ipswich and they went back into the top six, but they just they just fell away again. And that, I think that was the main disappointment earlier in the year. And then of course Gary Rout came on. Came in. He was the he was the manager. I felt they should have gone for. People will know that I'm telling the truth here when I say that because I, I have spoken to people before. Uh, I felt they should have gone for him certainly before they went back for Steve McLaren. Uh, they didn't, and then of course this this time they went for him. And uh, we had the first game at Nottingham Forest, which was a good comeback, one 0 down, then up two one. Yeah, should have won. Conceded the last gas. Header from a corner. Yeah, so I mean, you got you got ups and downs in, yeah. in that one in, game. In that basically, there was yeah. something about the second half performance there where you thought, yeah, you know. And uh, we talked about the Fulham game earlier yeah. at home, which is that was a high point. Yeah, yeah good performance against a good Fulham side, mm-hmm. slightly open in the start, mm-hmm. but a good Fulham side. And I also I, the other bit I remember early early in Gary's uh, tenure was uh, the win at Birmingham. With the last minute goal when Scott Carson spotted Tom Ince and he pinged it downfield, and suddenly that win put them. It just opened the door slightly, slight, only slightly. But but you thought this is mad this championship. Who knows? Of course, we went to Brentford and they got absolutely. <laughs> and word you like Johnny absolutely banjoed four yeah. nil, and they were they were you know they were absolutely taken apart to, yeah. to end all hopes, obviously. So. Gary had nine games at the end of that season to have a good look at things. He already knew, I think, about the squad. You know. uh, but it's just nine games to have a, get a feel for, for what was needed. So that they were, it was an interesting, I thought, end to the season. That was. Yeah. And then uh, obviously carried it on in, into this season. Where well, yeah, we... Uh, of ups and downs. More yeah. ups and downs, are we should say. Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. It's been a strange one. I asked Gary about this, uh, his, his yeah. feelings on the first half of the season. And they were slow starters. Mm. You know, uh, we went to Sunderland in the opening game, and 
I thought it was a good point away from home yeah. at Sunderland Sunderland actually so that, that they weren't bad at all mm. and you could you could never envisage on that night that they would go on and struggle as badly yeah. as they have done in the first half of the season uh, Scott Carson made a brilliant save that night brilliant save and, and that kind of we can talk about that highlights of the season so far because he's made some some wonderful saves Norwich away Middlesbrough away Barnsley away yes. Forest at home really really good so a slow start and if, if we're asking for lows really I think the two defeats at Sheffield United and at Bristol, Bristol City they've got I know Reading was a, was a blow at home but I think those two particularly were worrying I thought they were deeply worried yes but I think it, it's like they've, they've learned le- they've learned the lessons yes. from that I think which is a good thing and um, you mentioned the Forest Forest win obviously Derby fans always love beating Forest so, mm. um, and that was a uh, a good one with Vidra scoring how many seconds was it 24, 24. 24 yeah. seconds so that'll uh, that'll live long in the memory and then certainly the run the run of late which yeah. we've talked about quite a lot um, mm. that's been you know a really positive end to the year and obviously they'll be hoping that they can keep that going mm. into yeah. the into 2018 and, and and not sort of drop away this time that's that's the important thing and I just as I said, said yeah. earlier, I just don't, I just don't feel that about this team. I might be totally wrong, but I'm not saying they're going to win promotion, they're going to finish top two, whatever, because it's still too early to, to talk about that. But I just don't, I just don't feel that that I think they've got a bit more about them mm-hmm. to be able to handle the, the rigors and demands of, of this division. Uh, and, and going back to those defeats at Sheffield United and, and Bristol City, as Chris said earlier, the Bristol City one, I Gary. Rowett doesn't want to put too, em- too much emphasis on this, but I really believe that was a turning point. He has admitted that they had a, a good meeting in the dressing room after that game where a lot was aired, a lot of views were aired, and a lot of players had their say. Mm. Uh, and since then, you know, the record shows that, that they've really kicked on. But those two games, Sheffield United, were, the Sheffield United one will, will live for a long time in memory because I'm not sure I've seen three more calamitous goals in one game yeah. conceded. Staggering. Absolutely staggering, you know. The first one, Scotty mm. kicks the ball straight to Billy Sharp, he whacks it back in. Then Johnny finds the bottom corner with unerring accuracy uh, for a known goal. And then the final one, which people forget, the final goal because Derby got a free kick yeah. on halfway. Go for an equaliser. Scotty yeah. goes up yeah. as a keeper. They launch it in the box, you know, yeah. and clear down in the score. It was it was a, it was a very very strange game, as was the Bristol City one. You know, one nil up at half time didn't feel right. It never, it never felt right because Bristol had a lot of the game, uh, and then got beat four one. So low point share, but as Chris says, I think a lot of a lot of lessons have been learned from those games. Mm. Excellent stuff. Anything else that you wanted to add? Actually, just quickly before we go, I noticed that you had a third of a Twix bar yeah. on the table yeah. since we came in here. Yeah. We going to finish that one? I am, yeah, but it's good manners not to speak with your mouth full. <laughs> So you don't see that on University Challenge, yeah. You don't suddenly break open a Twix well, today and start you eating. You don't see half a Twix on the desk at University Challenge. No, you don't. You don't see jumpers like yours, are they? <laughs> You're wearing a very similar jumper, on my. We should have mince blue. We should have had mince pies, actually. Yeah, we should have had mince pies. Yeah, a good quiz master would have brought mince pies down. Bought a coffee stand. Yeah, where's mine? I offered you one before, and you said no. Oh, did you? Second one since you've been here. How many times are you going to use that joke? All season, probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, was there anything that you wanted to add before we uh, before we signed off? No, I think as I say, I think uh, approaching the twenty third game of the season against Millwall, I just think 
they're in better shape, I think, than, than many mm. fans thought they would be. You know, they should be challenging for the top six, Derby County. We've said that before in this division. But at the start of the season, I think most fans would have taken fourth place at halfway. Uh, and certainly, given the run of uh, recent form, as Chris said, two defeats and 15, nine wins and mm. 12. I think a lot of fans would have taken that at this stage and, and, and it's all to play for. Excellent. Yeah, bring on uh, 2018. Uh, thanks to everybody for, for listening well, throughout the year. I uh, hope you all have a, a brilliant Christmas and New Year. Uh, we'll be back in 2018 when we'll be back just before the Manchester United FA Cup game, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can obviously follow everything that we do on social media, so on Twitter at DCFC. We're on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DCFC. You can keep up to date with all the latest news and views on our website, which is www.darbytelegraph.co.uk. And you can find the podcast on both Audioboom and iTunes. Thanks for listening. Have a great Christmas and we'll see you soon.